are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well... Wow. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know if I've ever had my wife stand up for me. and Well, she stood up for me, but not quite that way. So it's nice to see you, Neil and Annette. It's been a while, so God bless you this morning. And it is really wonderful for Cindy and I to be back here in Cold Lake. And uh, I was just looking back at my calendar, particularly for a Sunday service. It was over five years ago that I was here for a Sunday service. So I'll tell you, I've been here some other times. But you know what? It's always been in the winter. It's always been kind of when there's snow been, been flying. And so we were looking forward saying, you know, oh, it's going to be good to be in Cold Lake. It's going to be in the summertime. We're going to be able to see the lake and not just a pile of ice. And you know what the great thing was? Yesterday we came up and you know what it was? It was raining. We couldn't even see to the other side of the lake. In fact, I really, to be honest, I wasn't sure that there was another side of the lake. And I actually asked the lady that we had gone for something to eat at, uh, one of the famous places around here. It's called uh, Clark's Mark General Store, yes. And we met a lady there, and uh, I said to her, I said you know, if it was a nice day, could you see the other side of the lake? And she says, I don't know. I've just moved here from Nova Scotia. She said, I I couldn't really tell you. I've only been here since May. So she called over another gal, and the other gal said, oh, yeah, you can see to the other side. And it was great this morning as we got up. Sun was shining, and we were able to see to the other side of the lake. I knew it actually existed. But I want to say a special thanks to Pastor Lance and Cindy. This is just such a joy for my Cindy and I. And I always have to say that to Lance. I always say, my Cindy and I, just to be able to come and spend time here in your church family. And I was thinking even as we were beginning today, and I read on the screen, Cold Lake Community Church, where the family comes together. Aren't you glad that there's a place the family can come together? I know that's really the foundation of your ministry, Pastor Neil and Nat, where the family comes together, where they're ministered to. The psalmist says, God puts the lonely into families. I actually thought of that this morning as I was waking up, and I thought of that lady that we met yesterday, our waitress from Nova Scotia, and She really has come here basically all by herself. I thought, you know what, Lord? Bring her into a family. Bring her to Cold Lake Community Church where she's going to be able to find people that can surround her with love. And she doesn't have to be lonely. She doesn't have to be all on her own. And there are people like that that you know God needs to bring the lonely into families. Thank God that there's places like Cold Lake Community Church. Where the family can come together. One of the values that we have as a district, and I uh, 
wasn't trying to uh, give you a pile of information. I know that some of you received a little booklet this morning. I'm not speaking from that booklet. But it really is kind of the description of who we are as a district. And when I say who we are as a district, I'm not just referring to those of us who serve in an Edmonton office. I'm talking about our whole district family, which this assembly is part of. We together form the district of Alberta Northwest Territories. And you are part of that. And you know, it's so important that we have things that we hold dear. We value things. We value connection in our district. Uh, Pastor Ken and I, our superintendent, we love when we can come to um, our district churches and we can just spend time connecting one-on-one, whether it's with the pastor, whether it's with the broader circle of leadership, or, or whether it's with the whole church family. That's something that's very, very important to us. We love to connect with your pastoral staff. Pastor Lance and Cindy, Pastor Hayward, Neffy, and other members of your pastoral team. And I want you to know, we don't play favorites. But there's just some people who are just easy to connect with. I just loved when Cindy and I came in and we got again to see Rayanne, and it's been a while since, I guess, well, no, it hasn't been that long. We saw her just last April uh, at a wedding, but you know what? It was good to see her in this setting. And there's just some people that are just so easy to connect with. Why? Because they pour into you. There's just, you walk away, you leave just being in their presence, and they've poured life into you. And that's who your pastors are. They're the kind of people that you spend time with and they just sort of, I know, Pastor Lance makes me laugh. And for me, I need that. I'm not just one of those ones that just is easy given to a whole lot of laughter. I'm around him. He makes me laugh. Pastor Hayward, there's something with him. He's just got that strength. It's not that he's that much older than I am, but there's just the strength of a dad in him. And he just pours into me something. I leave their presence having life being given to me. This is the kind of leadership that I'm thankful is giving you as a church family leadership. Because the same way that they pour into you, you in turn are able to pour into those that you connect with and are part of your your families and your communities. On the screen, and some of you will maybe have noticed that even in your um, little booklet that I handed out to you, we have a mission for our district. And that mission is part of who you are too. And it says this, calling forth PAOC leaders to create a spirit-led, courageous, healthy church movement. I think there's something dynamic about that. And that might be kind of a little bit of an old-fashioned term, that calling forth. You kind of say, well, we don't use that kind of language around here. Well, we don't really use a whole lot. It's a little bit maybe old-fashioned. But there's something dynamic about saying, I'm calling you forth from where you are to where I believe God wants you to be. And sometimes you and I need that. Whether it was mom and dad when we were little children, whether it was a teacher when we were in school, or maybe it was maybe our boss saying to us, hey, I believe that you can be doing more than what you're doing. They're calling us forth. Folks, I've come this morning with a bit of a mission. 
Because I believe that's what God wants me to do for you. I'm not here just simply because Pastor Lance invited me to come for a Sunday. But I believe God has spoken something into my heart that he wants to speak into your heart to call you forth. Because there's a dynamic of who God is that he never wants us to become complacent. He never wants us to become kind of just sitting in the place of comfort. And I appreciate the word that was spoken even during the offering, that aspect of our worship, calling us to maybe a greater place than where we're at. That's good. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt this morning that maybe you are over here and maybe you can sense the Spirit of God calling you over there. That's all right. There always needs to be a place because we never arrive. I've been on the journey. I'm 60 this year. Just turned 60 in April. I accepted the Lord when I was 7 years old. Prior to coming to the district office, I'd pastored in the local church for 28 years. But I never arrive. Every year that comes, my Cindy and I find that God is teaching us more and leading us into greater areas of commitment, surrender, purpose for Him. And that's the wonderful thing about God. He never wants us to come to the place where we have arrived and we've kind of made it to the top. God always wants to say to you and I, I've got more for you. Child, are you willing to come? Are you willing to walk with me and and go to the next place? But it still is up to you and I. You know how Revelation says, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. That's true. There's, There's no maybe other person that can shut that door, but you and I can shut that door. We can walk up to that place of what God wants us to do and say, God, no further. No, no, I, I, I can't do that. I don't think it's, that's not within me. And so we just sort of hang around the threshold. We look on the other side to see what God is calling us to, but we are just willing to stay where we're put. I believe this morning that God wants to call you forth into some greater levels of leadership than what you could ever imagine. And every one of us here this morning, you're a leader. You're a leader. Men, you're a leader in your home. Whether whether you have children or not, God has called you to be the priest and the leader of your home. Ladies, if you are a spouse, whether you're a mother or not, and if you're a mother, it's a whole new realm, you are co-partners with your husband, and you are a leader in your home. In your place of work, you are a leader. You may not have the title that says leader of such or director of such, but God has placed you there as his leader in that establishment. And God has called you to influence that place of work. Maybe there could be those that are in a place of going to school. Maybe it's a, a high school or a further education. God has called you there to be an influence in that place doesn't matter where we are at. God calls us into a community where we are able to lead and influence. So I want to call you forth into greater places of influence than you can ever imagine this morning. I believe for that to take place. We've been singing about it. So many of the songs directed us this morning. We said, welcome, Holy Spirit. 
Lord, I surrender all. Whatever you want to do. And folks, you know the wonderful thing. These songs, they are an aspect of our worship to God. They're not just things that we recite. But I believe they need to be an expression of our heart. And we need to say, God, just the very things that we were singing about this morning, I ask for you to do. So let's pray. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Lord, this morning as we've come to this place to spend time together, to connect as a family, but Lord, also to spend time ministering to you, to worship you, I pray, Lord, that you would come and begin to speak into our hearts. Begin to, Lord, pour into us exactly that individual message that you want every one of us to hear. Yes, there's going to be a corporate voice that's going to be spoken. But Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide us into the individual truth that you have for every one of us. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I would demolish every weapon the enemy would use. I would silence every distraction he would endeavor to bring over these next number of minutes. And we ask, Lord, that you would just come and beautifully speak into us what you desire. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I I don't know, I just loved uh, that fall ministry kickoff video. Wasn't that good? I know Pastor Lance is quite a character, and I, I know he can act, and I, uh, but I love just listening to Pastor Ernie, and uh, I know he's just been here now for about three years, but man, I can just see just the quality. I really am sad he's not here today, because I've visited with him, but every time I have visited with him, it's been in a group, and he's been kind of the quiet one, so I was kind of looking forward to kind of getting him alone one-on-one to be able to hear how much he might be able to talk. But that was just great. You know what the great thing about fall ministry kickoff is? Is that it really introduces not only the church, but the community to who this assembly is. The ministries that are here. But I believe there's also opportunity to invite you as people to look for where God might place you into a certain area of ministry. And so this morning, that's really what I want to focus on. Where might God be calling you over these next 10, 11 months, I kind of look at September, and we kind of usually, that's when we have our our ministry kickoffs, is usually in the month of September. Where is God calling you in to ministry for Him over these next 10 months? What ministry is He asking you to become part of? In Matthew 6, Jesus says this, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is. That doesn't really need a whole lot of definition and explanation. We all understand that. Where that place is that we value that thing, that person, that's often where our heart begins to lean towards. The actions of my life begin to be promoted in that area. And so maybe I would ask this in another way. What do you value in life? Martha and Stumpy attended the country fair every year. Every year the the fair was right at the time of Stumpy's birthday. Well, 
Every year there was usually a local airplane pilot that was there and he would offer airplane rides in his three-seater biplane to whoever would come and pay $10. He'd take them for a quick trip around the area and then taxi back again. Every year Stumpy would say to Martha, he'd say, Martha, it's my birthday. I sure would like to take a ride in that there airplane. Every year Martha would reply, well, Stumpy... That there airplane ride cost $10. And well, $10 is $10. That same conversation would take place year after year. Finally, this year it was Stumpy's 75th birthday. Kind of monumental. They arrived at the fair. He sees the pilot and the plane. He says, Martha, I'm 75 this year. Please, he said, I want to go for a ride in that there airplane. He says, you know, I might not be around next year and I might not be able to take a ride in it again. To which Martha replied, well, Stumpy, that there airplane ride cost $10. And, well, $10 is $10. Every year the pilot heard Stumpy make the same request and heard Martha give the same answer. And this time he just could not take it any longer. He he said, Okay, folks, I've been listening to you give this same request and reply year after year. And he says, this year I have a deal for you. If you can both be quiet, I'm going to take you up for a ride. And I'm going to take you for a nice long ride. But if I hear one sound from either one of you, it's going to cost you $10 each. Martha and Stumpy said, this is too good to turn down. We'll take you up on that. So the pilot took them up for a ride. This guy did everything he could imagine to try to get them to speak or to make a noise. He did dives and rolls. He he did flips. He actually went right up and then tried to stall the plane on the way down. Not one word was heard. They finally taxied to the spot and The pilot kind of yells over his shoulder. Well, he said, you folks really surprised me. You were quiet the whole time. Stumpy yells up to the pilot. You know, he said, I was going to say something when Martha fell out. (laughs) But you know what she's always said? Ten dollars is ten (laughs) dollars. Well, folks like Stumpy, there's certain things that we value in life. There's certain things that Martha valued, but Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I just pray that you might not have quite exactly the same values that Stumpy had. For each of you, there are things that you value. And you can look over your life and you can say, yes, Lord, I can see maybe the things that were invested into me during that season And that's what really helped me, that encouraged me, that blessed me. You can see the investments that others made into your life. And I believe that even maybe as we're sitting here this morning, maybe there's certain ones that are coming to your mind even now that have invested into your life. Maybe it was was your parents. Maybe it was a, a teacher or a mentor or a pastor. You know, that just might spark you to maybe this week, just maybe send them a quick little something, an email or a card that just says, hey, you were brought to my mind this week. And I just want to say thank you. Maybe you want to send them a little 
don't know, Timmy's card or something, and just sort of just as a little expression, just saying, I just want to bless you. You don't know what that time that you spent with me. You don't know what you spoke into my heart and how that really ministered to me. And I just want to say thank you for investing into my life. I came to a milestone of special appreciation for the investments in my life that my dad put into me. And that time came uh, during a very, very important point in my dad's life. I was living out west and my dad was in Ontario and my sister and I received the word at the same time. She was also out west that our dad who was in a seniors care facility had fallen. He was in a coma and uh, they did not expect him to live too long. So they called us to come. My sister and I got in a plane and we both flew to Ontario to be with him. The night before my dad's home going, I spent it beside him. Even though he was unable to respond and he was in a comatose state, we just spent time, well, I did the talking, but I believe that he heard me. And we spent time talking together. And in some of the, the moments of silence, I began to think about, I was, he was in the bed and I was in this lazy boy rocker that he had. And I began to think about all the investments my dad had poured into my life. My dad had trained me to be a butcher and a meat cutter. In fact, that was my career before I entered into the ministry. I'm not really saying there's a lot of similarities, but maybe there are a few. <laughs> that time spent in the butcher shop and the slaughterhouse was the greatest training time for me. Yes, I went to Bible college. I graduated. was in the ministry. But you know, it was those years in the slaughterhouse, in those years on the cutting floor with the other butchers, that God really began to instill in me some leadership principles. My dad taught me a lot of things. My dad taught me to work hard. My dad not only taught me, but he showed me by his life not to shrink away from difficult tasks and difficult decisions. I learned the value of people. And how to serve people. And while we do not become people pleasers, there's an aspect of seeing where people are coming from and beginning to be able to minister to them. Whether it's in the local assembly like a church or whether it's in a meat shop. I learned from my dad how to give my best. I learned from him how to accept the value of change. We're, we're inclined not to be lovers of change. We like things to be kind of like they are and don't change things too much. That's why we have things that we call worship wars. I know you won't have that in this assembly, but there's some places we do. You know, we don't like change. Don't move the chairs around. Don't, 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 don't sit in my spot. We like it where things are at. My dad had to change with the times. We did things a certain way when he started in that meat-cutting business, but over the years, he had to change the way we did things. And I saw that in him. He wasn't fearful to try new things. Most of all, I found the value that I saw in my dad of possessing the life of God 
to see what God would do in me and through me, what I could not do myself. That was who my dad was. The things that I learned from him, they really make up the core being of who I am today. As I sat beside my dad that night, there was a phrase that kept coming to my mind, and I knew it was familiar, but I wasn't sure where where it came from. The phrase was, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? After probably a few days, I came across where that was from. It's from Exodus chapter 4, where God is speaking to Moses. And God is, remember, calling Moses to come to a place of change, out of where Moses was, a place of comfort, into a place of leading God's people out of the slavery of Egypt into the place that God had planned for them. In verse 1, Moses says, this is in Exodus 4, Moses says to God, suppose the people will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say to me, well, who are you? How do we know that the Lord has appeared to you? So the Lord says to Moses, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? Folks, in a few weeks, this church is about to embark on a new ministry season, not just for ministries within the church, but ministries that are going to affect the community of Cold Lake, and I believe affect the nation of Canada. And I'm asking you the same question this morning, what is that in your hand? For Moses, he had a shepherd's staff. It was just this wooden stick with a little crook on it. That's all he had in his hand. There were others who had simple things in their hand. Remember the story of David as he's facing Goliath? He simply had five smooth stones and a sling. And remember how ridiculous Goliath thought this young boy was? He says, who is this that you send against me? I come with spear and a javelin. I, I come with a shield and a sword. Who is this little upstart? And David said, I come against you in the name of the, the, the God Almighty, the God of Israel. Remember Gideon, the story of him and his men? All as they had in their hand was just a, a little lamp. And a pitcher that covered the lamp. Simple things. And yet in every one of these instances, God took that simple little thing that was in the human's hand and he made it mighty. God became glorious and victorious through the little that was in that person's hand. The fact is, if we were to look through Scripture today, we'd see story after story after story of the same thing. God always takes the little that we have, and He makes it mighty. Beyond what we can, or what anyone else can imagine or think. When we place what is in our hand into the Master's hand, our weakness becomes strength. Our lack of understanding, in fact, some places in Scripture calls it our foolishness, becomes infused with the wisdom and the discernment of God. Our lack of talent becomes more than we can imagine or produce on our own. So I ask you again today, what is that in your hand? What's in your hand can have one of two effects. That's if we, deal, if we deal with it purely in the natural realm. If we think about it just in our own human thinking, I'll say in the fleshly realm, 
On one hand, no pun intended there, we can think that what we have in our hand is pretty good. I mean, we can feel, well, hey, look at me. I've sort of arrived. Maybe what's in my hand, maybe it looks like it's a little bit better than what somebody else has in their hand. And sometimes, folks, we can begin to play what I call the comparison game. It's like the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18. Jesus is telling that story. In verse 9, it says this, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this story. Two men go up to the temple to pray. One is a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. He looks over at the tax collector. And sometimes we can have that same sort of attitude and we can look at someone else and we can kind of think to ourselves, well, you know what? We might not speak it, but we'll think it. At least I'm not as bad as they are. At least I'm more involved in this church than they are. I give more than they give. While we may not say it, we think that we're a couple of rungs higher on the ladder of acceptance by God. We can think that we're more capable. We're not as needy of the grace of God. Folks, the comparison game stinks in the heart of God. We all come to God at the same level. There's what, what is in my hand is no different than what's in your hand. We all come simply saying, God, all that I am is yours. Please receive me. As we were encouraged even this morning to give, and the word tithe was used. It's a good word. We are simply being stewards of what God has given us. And God has simply said, I want you just to have all that I am I've given to you, and now you can give it back to me. All that I am. Maybe on the other hand, we might think, well, what I have is really nothing at all. What do I have to offer? What, what is there in my hand that has any value whatsoever? Like Moses, we can say, well, what if the people don't think I'm a good speaker? What if they think, well, you're not really speaking the words of God? We could look at ourselves maybe like Gideon did in that story, Judges chapter 6. Remember in that story, the angel of God comes and speaks the word of God to Gideon. And he says to him, hey there, mighty man of valor. Well, the, the, the irony of the whole thing was that Gideon was hiding in this kind of lower area where no one would see him. He was trying to hide from the Midianites, the enemy. He was trying to keep himself secret that no one would see him. And all of a sudden, this voice of God says to him, Hey there, mighty man of valor. Hey, great soldier. Great, awesome man of strength. And Gideon says, Ah, you've got the wrong person. Don't you see what I'm doing here? I'm hiding. I'm afraid. I'm not strong. But God saw the potential of what Gideon was being called to. God sees the potential in every person that's sitting in this room today. Maybe not where you're at. Maybe you are hiding in the wine press. Maybe you are hiding from the potential that God has designed for you. But God sees not where you're at, but where He's going to take you. Why? 
Because God does not see. What's valuable to God is not what you do, but who you are. Are you available? Are you willing to say, God, here I am. All that I am is yours. I'm not just going to sing, I surrender all. I'm not going to just sing the song that says, you are Lord of my life. But I'm going to welcome you to do in me what I cannot do in myself. In the story of the children of Israel, and you remember how this story goes, the the first generation that Moses had let out, they were not obedient to God to do what God asked them to do. And remember, God left them in a place of wilderness for 40 years. And then the new generation came that, that were going to be led into what was called the promised land. And there was a word that Moses spoke to them in Deuteronomy 6, just before this second generation was about to enter in. In verse 12 of Deuteronomy 6, Moses says to them, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. I'd like to say that to you this morning. Cold Lake Community Church, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. I said, come on. Come on, person from Edmonton. Don't you know who we are? I mean, we are Cold Lake Community Church. Don't you know who I am? I'm someone who's involved. I'm a person who prays. I'm a person who reads the Bible. How could I ever forget the Lord? Again, Deuteronomy chapter 8 this time, and you'll see it on the screen. Moses reiterates that same word he spoke in the 6th chapter. And he says to the people, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build and settle down, and when your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. And folks, whether we secretly think that what we have in our hand is pretty good, or whether we imagine that what we have in our hand is not worthwhile at all, we cannot forget the Lord. And so I charge you, don't forget the Lord. Here in Alberta, we've known the great joys of success and abundance. Cindy and I were visiting with a lady this morning, and she said, yeah, things have changed. We know things have changed. There's been a difference in this community. There's been a difference in every community, probably all across Alberta, but some more more so than others. But our trust is not in the price of oil. I know it affects you. But our dependence is not in our boss or the place where we work. Or in the Alberta government, no matter who's in power. Our trust is in God. Our confidence is in Him. That He is the one that's going to do within me more than I can imagine or think. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. 
no matter who you are, don't lose sight of the fact that you need God's power to flow through you. Folks, every one of us here, we need to be continually filled with the power of Holy Spirit. I actually look back in my notes that I spoke five years ago in this assembly. And I said something then that I'm going to say it again to you this morning because most of you, all of you, are not going to remember a word I said five years ago. (laughs) Don't treat your personal Pentecost. I'm in a Pentecostal church And I know that the vast majority of you know what I'm talking about. Don't treat your Pentecostal experience as just an event in your life. It needs to be a lifestyle. It needs to be an ongoing. When Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit, the actual grammatical translation is keep on being filled with the Spirit. And I need that power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me Every day, numerous times in the day, I need that power of God. I'm in a difficult situation. I'm having one of our, our, our pastoral leaders talking to me on the phone and saying, Pastor Dave, what should I do? And everything in my natural mind is saying, I don't have a clue what you should do. In fact, my natural voice might say to them, just resign, just get out of there. And then I begin to just quiet myself I just say, Holy Spirit, just to begin to pour into me. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding of what I need to say. Give me discernment. Help me to see, Lord, what I'm not seeing with my natural ears and my natural eyes. And all of a sudden, I I have this download from the Holy Spirit. And I begin to speak things, and I think, boy, that sounds pretty good. wonder where that's coming. I know where it's coming from. And all of a sudden, that pastor will say, That's exactly what the Lord's been speaking to me. How did you know? How did you know that? I said it's only from the Spirit of God. Folks, we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just at a moment. Not just at a camp or at a church service where we can kind of mark it up on our spiritual belt. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need to have that filling of this Holy Spirit every day. In Galatians 5, Paul says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step. Holy Spirit, I'm going to keep in step with you. This morning, I believe that God is challenging some of you, maybe every one of you, to keep in step with Him in an area of your life. There's something that He's beginning to just sort of bring to your attention right now, even as you're hearing my voice speak. Identity and action need to go hand in hand. Probably about almost 20 years ago, the Lord brought a a verse to my attention. I'd probably read the verse before, but I don't think I'd... It really didn't resonate with me. It has become now an important part of my understanding. It's Ezekiel 47 and verse 9. I don't have it on the screen, but I believe it, it speaks of God's plan for every one of us as Christ's followers. It says this, everything will live where the river goes. Everything will live where the river goes. The fact is, folks, God has planted 
His river of life within every one of us. But that river was never meant to stay there. It, is be- it needs to flow out of us. And I believe this is why Ezekiel 47.9 is so key. Everywhere that the river flows, there's life. So as you are out on the streets, there's life flowing from you. It's not nothing to do with you. It's the life of God flowing from you. As Cindy and I are, are there in, in that little place getting something to eat last night. It was interesting. The first place we went to, they said, do you have reservations? I thought, reservations? You need reservations here in Cold Lake? I'm not trying to be wise, but we we've, go to piles of places in Edmonton. We never have to have a reservation. And so we went to this place, and we walk in the door. The lady says, do you have a reservation? I said, no, I, we don't. She says, well, go. It's okay. I've got a spot for you. So she seated us. But we were there. I knew we were not just there just to get something to eat, but I believe that there was something that would flow from us, and we just found it important. We needed to engage with those people around us. Why? Because there's a life. There might be nothing specific. I might not witness to them and give them a copy of the four spiritual laws. But I'm able to pour life into them because there's the Spirit of God. What kind of witness am I? I hadn't planned on saying this. and That's why I always give a good tip. I don't cheap out. They don't know that... I'm coming to Cold Lake Community Church. We didn't tell them that's why we were here in town. We didn't somehow kind of say, hey, yeah, we're going to be at Cold Lake Community Church tomorrow morning. Why don't you come and hear me speak? No, we didn't say anything like that at all. But we tipped her well. Why? Because I believe that there's some aspect of life that needs to flow from us as the people of God into the people around us. Jesus says in John 7, and this is on the screen, you're familiar with it, whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. Underneath, you'll see that Jeremiah 17. This is a great passage. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Folks, it's easy for us to say, I trust in the Lord. My confidence is in Him. But what exudes from me that that testifies of that? What comes from me that says, I am trusting in the Lord? Now, I'm not saying for a moment that we're always on a high. We never have a, a low point or a discouraging moment. But there needs to come a place in the life of every believer, no matter what we're going through. Even as Cindy had mentioned earlier in the service, I love times of worship. Not just the worship here, but she's talked about her own personal worship. Maybe she's just at home and maybe there is something of a discouraging nature that comes And she's able to worship. And she's able to remind herself of who God is. Lord, I do trust in you. My confidence is in you. And then it says this in Jeremiah. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Folks, that living water of the life of Christ that is within you, that's what it produces in you. There's an ability, a power that goes beyond anything that is natural. 
It doesn't say that when that water is in you that nothing bad will happen to you. It doesn't say anywhere there that, that all of a sudden you become immune to any form of difficulty. No, it says there will be the fear that will come your way. There will be the drought that will come your way. There will be the heat of circumstances and situation. But it says we do not fear when the heat comes. Our leaves are always green and we have no worries in a year of drought. Folks, the wonderful truth for you and I as children of God today is that when God pours into us the resources of heaven. There can be the natural aspects that come our way. The difficulties, the the thoughts, or maybe the reality of maybe a loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, or maybe sickness. But we know that our trust is in God and God, my refuge is in you. I love what David says in Psalm 61. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Folks, it's true. Our hearts can become overwhelmed in life. But we have to come to that place and say, God, I'm not standing on the circumstance of the price of oil. I'm not standing on the circumstance of my physical health, although it's a reality. I'm standing on the security and the refuge of who you are. And no matter what I go through, No matter what I'm facing, God, you are my strength. You are my refuge. You are the rock that I run to. And I'm going to trust in you. Folks, you remember earlier, uh, part of the last part of the the statement, the mission statement that I had on the screen, it, it said that we are calling forth leaders to create a spirit led, courageous, healthy church. Movement, movement, that's an important word. When we as our executive lead team, when we wrestled through this mission statement, we said that's an important word in this whole statement. Why? Because we never want to stay where we've always been. We as the district family of churches, we want to keep moving forward to where God is calling us to be. God has really done some awesome things in many of our churches, but he doesn't want us to kind of rest and kind of get, kind of lay back on our laurels and sort of say, well, we've sort of done it all. No, I've got more for you to do. I won't spend a lot of time. You can read in that missions book yourself, but there are three anchor statements The word anchor is important because it anchors us to what God has called us to do. And they're on the screen, so you don't have to look them up, but it says this, invest yourself. And so I'd like to anchor you to that thought this morning, to what I'm saying in this message. Invest yourself. What is God calling you to invest yourself in? Is it someone's life? Is it into a ministry here in this assembly? Is it to something in this community? Number two, don't be afraid. For us to step out in faith, because what is in our hand is so piddly, it's going to take a risk. The risk is saying, God, all that God are two little fish and a few little loaves, but I give it to you. 
You say you're going to feed these 5,000 men and 15,000 women and children. That's what they estimate were really there, not just 5,000. 5,000 men. You're going to take that little bit that I have and you're going to do, okay, God, you can have it. It's going to take a risk of surrender, a risk of obedience. The last thing is don't be afraid. I'm sorry, is to lead strong. Every one of us has to lead at some level. Every one of us has to step out. Not just be back in the the bushes and saying, well, okay, I'll just kind of hide here and behind all of the other leaders. No, God calls us to lead strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. As you lead, others are going to follow. A familiar passage to probably many of you here today is going to be Jesus' words from John 15. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. As Jesus' followers, we have to have his life in us, flowing from us. We don't create the fruit, we simply bear it. We are the ones that say, Lord, I'm simply here as a branch. But it's your life flowing through me. I'm going to abide in you, the vine. Your life is going to be poured into me. And that's what's going to create the fruit. A moment ago, I referred to Jesus' words from John 7 and 38. And really, what I gave you was the New International Version. Notice the difference in the King James Version of that same verse. It says, Jesus says, He that believeth on me... Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's an important phrase, out of his belly. Yes, NIV says out of his innermost being. Out of his belly, that word belly is translated in other portions of scripture as the womb. The very same word that is used is translated as the womb. Man, maybe you didn't realize that, but God has placed a womb inside of you just like he has your wife or your female counterparts of this church. God has placed within you the ability that you can give birth. No, you're not the one that creates that birth, but you are simply that receptacle that God has placed so that his life can come out of you. Out of your womb shall flow rivers of living water. Remember what Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. It's not because of what I have or what I don't have. I simply say, God, here I am. Let your river of living water flow out of me and let it bring life. Let it create life all around me. And right now, friends, you might not be able to imagine what God might be able to do through you. But can I tell you, if you're available... It's no stopping. It's no holding back. Because God, the God of the impossible, He will use a simple staff. He will use uh, three stones or five stones in a sling. God can use the little to confound the great. In closing, I want to share a very simple story with you, a story from my own life that I believe illustrates what I've talked about this morning. 
I told you that before coming to the district office eight years ago, I pastored in the local church, pastored for 28 years. In one church, I was there for 22 years. And while in that church, the leadership of the church, both the church board and the pastoral team, we took a simple leadership test that showed our strengths as a leader and how we could function together. In this particular assessment, it kind of rated you in your leadership style, and it used four different kinds of animals, a lion, a beaver, a golden retriever, and an otter. The lion was the in-charge kind of person, the visionary. The beaver was the one that was given to details. The golden retriever, that was the caregiver, you know, the shepherd, the loving The otter was very relational, the fun guy, the life of the party. Everyone on our team took this test separately, and we had the results emailed to our personal email account. The the way it was to work is that we were to come together at some moment, at some future date after we'd received our results, and we were to kind of compare them with one another so that we see how we function best together. We're all different kinds of leaders. We wanted to see how we worked together as a team. When my results came to my email address, I came out very high as a beaver and a golden retriever. I rated about 85 to 87% in both of those areas. I was below mid-range in the area of the otter, but I was only 7% lion. Folks, i got to tell you, when I realized how low I had scored as the lion... And realizing that I was going to have to share these results with the board members and with the rest of the pastoral staff, I thought, woe is me. 7% lion. I'm the senior pastor. I'm the leader of leaders. And yet I only scored 7% lion. What am I going? I said, Lord, okay, make me sick that night. Just work it out so that I don't have to be there and, and let, let them share their results. And they could say, well, Pastor Dave, where are your results? Oh, they, they really fit well with yours. Don't worry about that. During pre-service prayer on the Sunday morning, we were going to be getting together as a leadership team on the Monday night. And on the Sunday morning, we got together in the prayer room. And I got there, first of all, by myself, and all as I'm thinking is, oh, 7% lion, 7% lion, tomorrow night, Lord, what am I going to do? I wasn't focused on my message. I was ready with my message, but I wasn't even thinking about that. All I thought about is what I didn't possess, what was not in my hand. Finally, one of the intercessors from the church came, and she joined me in the prayer room, and others began to come in. This prayer intercessor, a lady that she was normally quite a quiet woman. But for some reason that morning, something wild had gotten into her. She was stomping around the prayer room and she was sort of yelling this thing over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, please be quiet. The prayer room is just on the other side of the sanctuary where new people are coming in and they're going to wonder the crazies that are back here in this separate room. Finally, what she was saying started to break through my intellectual membrane. And she was saying the same phrase over and over again. And the phrase was this. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And as it began to sink into my intellectual membrane, I knew the Lord was speaking to me, and I heard Him say so clearly, Yes, Dave, I am the lion of Judah, and I'm all the lion you will ever need. Oh, in the natural test, you're only 7% lion. That's all you have in your hand. But Dave, trust in me because I am the lion of Judah and I am all the lion you will ever need. God spoke to the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. Remember what he said to King Zerubbabel, but he says it to you and me today. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Folks, the work of the Lord is not going to be accomplished because of what you have in this hand or in this hand. It's going to become available to this community because you are simply available and offer yourselves to God. I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed and eyes to be closed. I'm going to ask the team to come and just they're going to just quietly play very softly. And the reason I've asked you to bow your heads is not because that's the thing that preachers do at the end. But I want this to be a moment that you can hear so clearly what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And I want to have no distractions and you to worry, well, so-and-so is sitting beside me and they might see if I respond. I want you to have the freedom to be able to respond as you hear the voice of God speaking to you. I believe this message is for this church at this time, but this message is for individuals in this place. There's some of you here today that you've been holding back and entering into what God has planned for you. You've been not willing to be obedient to what you've sensed Him saying to you because you're afraid to step out. And it's like you're hiding just like Gideon was. You've heard the voice of God that says, hey there, mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor. And you're saying, no, that's not me, God. But God is saying, are you willing to take a step and trust me today? And his individual call for every person in this room is is as unique as the fingerprints on your hands. No one else is like you. But God has a design for you. And whether you just accepted the Lord last week or you've been on the journey with Him for 50 years, I believe God is calling every person in this room to greater realms of destiny and purpose. And He's simply waiting for you to step through the open door. So I say to you, what is the Spirit of God saying to you? Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond. And I'm not wanting to embarrass anyone, but I believe that sometimes for us to make a response, it, it, it's, it, it has value for us to kind of make, kind of like put a, a stake in the ground and saying, God, I'm not just going to quietly say, I've heard you. I'm going to respond and say, God, I've heard you speak to me. And by faith, 
I'm going to walk forward with you in what I know that you're asking me to do. Maybe it's an area that you've not been obedient to him. Maybe it's a, into an area of ministry that you know that he's calling you to do, but you've not been willing. So people are not looking around, but yet I'm going to ask you that if you know God is speaking to you, would you stand right now to your feet? It takes a st- yeah. It's not easy. Because you're going to single yourself out. That Yes, God, no one else knows what God is speaking to you. That's still private. But you're going to stand right now in this moment and you're saying, God, I'm hearing what you're saying to me. It's an area that you've been working on me in. Maybe it's just an area this last week that I heard you calling me into. You didn't know that this guy from Edmonton, Alberta, was going to be here this morning. But you've heard this voice of the Lord and you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you. This morning I've asked you to stand because I want to specifically pray God's blessing and His encouragement in your heart. If that's you this morning, don't lose out. The enemy is saying, you can just respond. Just be seated. Don't, don't, don't stand because and so-and-so over the way is going to know that you're standing. No, this is still between you and God, but you are taking a step of faith and you're saying, God, I'm standing and I'm declaring today, I will do what you are calling me to do. I don't know how. I'm afraid. But God, I'm going to stand in my knowledge that you can do all things. And I trust in you. I'm confident in you. So I'm going to wait just a moment more. I'm not going to take time. But if that's you, would you stand right now? Stand right now. Right now. God bless you. Thank you. Father, across this place, there are people that are standing because they've heard you speak some specific things to them. God, they're standing as a declaration of their life, saying, God, I'm simply a lump of clay in your hand. Now would you take me, great potter, and would you begin to mold me and pour into me exactly what I need? God, I have so little but little is much in your hand. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I don't have to know all the the plans and the, the ways. I'm simply going to say, Lord, I trust you. And so I'm standing right now, and that's what you're doing, folks. And you're saying, I join hands with you, Father. And I ask that you would pour into me everything that I need. I pray, Lord, for the people that are standing in obedience to you right now because they've heard your voice. I just pray for every resource that comes from heaven right now to be poured into them. In the name of Jesus, I speak provision. I speak life into their being, into their heart, into their ability. I pray, Lord, that you would give them supernatural understanding and wisdom to know what you are asking them to accomplish. Lord, right now they may not have it, but Lord, as the time needs, give them the steps, little by little. Show them what they need to do. And I pray right now that every 
tool, every weapon the enemy would use against them right now, that those weapons would be demolished in the name of Jesus. Silence every lie of the enemy right now. Stop it in Jesus' name. And I pray right now for the truth of God, the life of the Holy Spirit, just to be breathed upon these surrendered vessels in this moment that they've heard you speak. And I pray that in the powerful, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you folks. You may be seated. I'm just going to let the team just softly just Maybe they're going to lead us in a song. or But I just want you to know that it's been so good for Cindy and I to be here today. Just to be able to connect with you. And at the end of the service, Cindy and I are just going to be here at the front. And I'm going to invite maybe some of the other, the board members that are part of the prayer team. Maybe you just come and gather here. And we're just going to be available up here. Because maybe, whether you stood or not, today. Maybe there's something that you are just struggling with, or you just need someone to agree with you in prayer. Why don't you just come? And one of us here will we'll pray for you. We'll take some of the oil that is here, and we'll anoint you with oil, calling for that work of the Holy Spirit, the answer of God to come and to be accomplished in you. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his, may make his face to shine upon you. May this be an awesome week as we move towards the close of the summer and you see what God is going to accomplish in the next season, in the next chapter that he has for you. God bless you, folks. Have a great week. You are dismissed, but if you'd like prayer, why don't you come? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.